Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. This is John News Desk with me, Mamisi Nyamiche Thompson. The next hour, two persons sustained gunshot wounds during a chieftaincy dispute in Kokodia community in the Ashanti region. We have details. In our climate focus series today, Ghana Meteorological Agency financially challenged in providing accurate locations, specific weather forecasting. We tell you how the situation is affecting their operations. Also, Gabon records eight coups in three years with the latest taking place early this dawn, leaving the country in a bit of a disarray. We have the latest. Stay with us for details, including a crossover to a downward president of is expected to launch official operations of Electrochem Ghana. Don't go away. Welcome back. Now let's start from in the Ashanti region where two residents of Kokodia community in the Ashanti region sustained gunshot wounds in a chieftaincy dispute in the area. The nomination of Nanajiman as the new chief of the community is being resisted, leading to a clash of two members of the royal families. Now the nominated chief in an ensuing confrontation allegedly fired gunshots, hitting two residents who are currently on admission at the Konfanochi Teaching Hospital. Nana Bwache Yadom has the rest of the story. Residents of Kokode say they are living in fear following the firing of arms while protesting the nomination of Nanajaman as chief of the town. A section of the community were opposing the nomination of the chief, claiming he does not belong to the rightful clan. Two persons were hit by gunshots allegedly fired by the chief in an ensuing conflict. The nominated chief came with a gun. He fired a gun at the beginning. While we tried to take a shot of the action, he pointed a gun at us. He went to the Roman Catholic Church and started firing some of the protesters. So imagine escaping into your home while be chased with a gun. These are bullet holes after the display of gunshots. Yes, if you can manage me, 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 me
When we got down from the car, we heard gunshots from the aggrieved nominated chief. When we came across him, he threatened to shoot us. Witness the incident which led to the disturbances in the community. The nominated chief broke into my house with a hammer. He took the stool from the room we kept it. Medical superintendent at the Kuntinasi Government Hospital, Dr. Harrison Ankara Chumesi, says the two injured have been referred to the Kumfanochi Teaching Hospital considering the nature of injuries. A girl and then a boy, a young girl who came in with a complaint of having been shot, and then we examined her. She has something that which looks like an entry wound to the back. We took x-rays. I saw something that looks like a pellet in there, but she was fairly stable. So we admitted her and stabilized her for the night. And then this morning, she's been referred to Confanoji to see the cardiothoracic surgeon, probably, for them to explore whether they will remove the, what looks like a pellet or whatever. So for them, the stool here belongs to their forefathers. They should be ordinarily custodians of the land. But as it stands, they own nothing in this community. They are pleading with the Asantehine to come to their aid. Reporting for Joy News, my name is Nana Bwachidankwa Yadom. Kumase. Now, senior military officers in Gabon say they have seized power shortly after President Bongo's re-election was announced. Twelve soldiers appeared on national television saying they were annulling the results of Saturday's poll. The Electoral Commission had given Bongo 64.27% of the vote with his main challenger, Albert Ondo Osa, taking 30.77%. The officers also said they were dissolving all state institutions and that the country's borders were shut. If confirmed, Bongo's overthrow would end his family's 56-year-old on power in Gabon. This would be the eighth coup in former French colonies in Africa in the past three years. How are nationals dealing with a crisis currently? Osman Law works in the civil society space in Gabon and joins us live with more. Well, we, we understand we don't have him on the lines as of yet, but we'll go to him as and when we get him. But let's stay a bit longer on it and, and speak to Colonel Festus Abwaji-Retard, who consults for the African Union and joins us with more. Um, Colonel Festus, to what extent should we be worried about the rampant cases of coup on the continent? Look, thanks for having me. We should not be worried, ordinarily speaking, if you're having a season of coups, as a colleague of mine puts it, then you are like in a cocoa season where the ground is very fertile for your cocoa to produce. In other words, these coups are happening as a symptom of things that have gone wrong seriously with governance in Africa. As you mentioned, one family of two individuals forming the dynasty have ruled this country for about 56, 57 years. Only six years out of Gabon's independence were not ruled by the Bongos. Now, how did they manage to do this? That's a question we need to ask. Now, the old Bongo, as we know, ruled for 41 years. From 1967, in 2009, he changed the constitution, abolished the, ter the, the, the term limits, and then continued running until he died of cardiac arrest or whatever. Now his son takes over. He suffers stroke. He still remains in office. And then he's going for a third term. Now if what we are hearing is right, he did not get 64%. He got about 33%. 
And the electoral commissioner, or the, the head of the constitutional court, then doctored the figures and gave him 64%. Now, that is what we are saying is wrong. Because the only way that you can access power in a democracy is through elections. And the elections must be free, they must be fair, they must be transparent. If they are not, then you are creating conditions for coups to happen. And indeed, I'm hearing that he's flown out of the country in four aircraft. He's gone somewhere, is it Brussels? The constitutional court leader has gone to Morocco. Why are they running away? If indeed the elections were free, fair, transparent. So it's a warning to all of us who pride ourselves in election uh, manipulations and rigging only to stay in power. We must go to elections feeling confident that the outcomes will reflect the will of the people. And I think the recent spate of coups, where they are connected with elections, whether in Guinea, for instance, or in um, Gabon, in this case, you know, is a lesson for all of us. I'm even told, for those who are saying that Bazoum won 55%, that technically Bazoum didn't win 55%. But somebody re-engineered the election outcomes and got him to win 55. So we all need to be careful about this election manipulations, you know, that is becoming so rampant in what we call democracies. Right. Um, Colonel, I mean, indeed, uh, as in, um, you saying that this was, this gave, are you trying to tell us that this gave them a little or no chance you know, to, to, to organize a coup in this circumstance? No, what I'm trying to suggest is that when you capture the state, its institutions, to the extent that you don't allow sufficient room for political party pluralism, then you are sowing the seeds for a coup. It cannot be that in a democracy that started with a constitution which pres prescribed seven-year terms for two terms, you abolish that and then manipulate the institutions to continue to rule for 41 years. And then after your death, your son takes over. And between two individuals from one family, what political scientists call a dynasty, you rule one country for 56, 57 years. That is not a democracy. And that is what the concern is, that what we are calling democracy in Africa must be based on the principles that those who brought democracy to us, you know, abide by. If we are not doing that, then we creating the conditions for more coups to happen. Of course, election manipulation is only one of the factors misgovernance, for instance, uh, not respecting human rights, abusing human rights, um, throwing people in jail, suppressing the opposition, you know, causing them to flee, and so on and so forth. These are all factors that, you know, um, contribute to coups. All right. Uh, and before you go, you consult with the AU. How is the AU responding to these crises ongoing on the African continent? Well, the last time we heard the AU was on the 14th of August, when the PSC, Peace and Security Council, pronounced itself on the coup in Niger and supported the ECOWAS decisions on imposing sanctions and so on, but fell short of supporting the ECOWAS idea of an intervention in Niger. And I've been pointing out that the AU decision not to 100% support the ECOWAS decision means that ECOWAS is lacking political support and that that decision is not very popular within the continent. But the PSC decision was arrived at because four out of the five political regions of Africa were not in favor of the ECOWAS decision to use force to unseat the CNSP uh, in Niger. In that ECOWAS, sorry, AU communicate, some of us are pointing out to the African Union that 
both the AU and the ECOWAS are being inconsistent because in 2013, the African Union is on record as agreeing for the Central African Republic to go through a three or so year transition. Now, why do you allow one country on the continent to go through a transition and then you turn to another country in Africa and you say, we cannot allow you to go through transition? That, all of that does not even address the idea of civilian unconstitutionality. We should use this Gabon case to highlight the idea that civilians are themselves unconstitutional. It's not only the military, and we must look at the two sides of the debate all the time, so that civilians don't think that they are beyond reproach, they are not accountable to anybody, and that they can rule their respective countries the way they want. That is not going to happen, and we are seeing the signs. Indeed, going by what is going on, it's likely that we're going to have more coups. So you and I know that African countries are not being governed you know, the way that democracy should be governed. And that is where the concern must be. We should not worry about the soldiers. We should worry about the civilians who... Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Abuse power. And once we address the abuse of power on the part of civilian leaders, who's probably will be a thing of the past. Until then, I'm afraid that is not going to be the case. Right. We're grateful for your time. Colonel Festus Abuadje retired. Uh, he consults with the AU and also a security analyst. Well, let's go to Gabon, where we're joined by an individual, and for the sake of anonymity, we'll name him as Osman Lowe, and he's joining us via Zoom. Osman, um, many thanks for your time here on Newsdesk. How safe are you in your current location as we speak? Uh, kindly unmute and speak to us. Well, we'll get back to Osman, but um, security analyst Kwesi, Professor Kwesi Enin, has also been speaking on this particular subject. Let me point out where the next one is going to come from. There is a reluctance by us as Africans um, to call a spade a spade. When you have forms of governance that are corrupt, competent, uh, that seems to basically just hang on to power, you know, you create the fundamentals or the foundation for these changes to take place. Gabon is a very interesting 56 years in power by the same family, a president who was so disastrously sick and unwell that he could barely walk, okay? So even if in Gabon, his own political elites could not force him to resign, because in almost all constitutions, when you are fiscally incapable of delivering on your mandate, you have to step aside, okay? But one also expects the African Union to have sent a delegation of leaders. Now look, our dear brother, maybe for the sake of your people, stand aside. Okay, sovereignty is important, but sovereignty must be responsible. We cannot use the sovereignty debate by our heads of states to say, hey, well, Gabon is a sovereign state, so we cannot go in to talk. That was the essence of the African peer review mechanism, in which our peers would be able to advise, to nudge, to encourage, so that leaders would do what is right. That seems to have the, 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 the expectation was that, that that mechanism would at least help um, to you know, bring some standards onto the continent uh, by telling ourselves what we want and how we want to approach our democracy. But what we have, and, and that's the criticism uh, from Sam, is that we're just diluting the standards. We're not telling each other as we should. No, we are not too good at telling, at telling each other. What we should. I mean, what we are seeing 
is a sort of a heads of state club that makes the rules and the regulations, but the rules and the regulations do not do not do not consent them. So I'm right now at the meeting of silencing the guns, which is an African Union initiative that has been established since uh, 2013. And the deadline keeps on being pushed and pushed and pushed because those who are signatory to that document themselves do not believe in it. So the peer review mechanism that ought to have brought leaders to check on each other mm -hmm. simply does not work again. So I can read about five countries that are on the verge of even deeper political and military activity. But our leaders are just silent. Okay? The union is silent. And when you have those who govern in their 70s and 80s, ruling very young people who feel excluded, who have lost hope, who do not see any opportunities for improving their livelihoods. Then the military option, which is very unfortunate, becomes the only option that is available. Let us be, be fair enough to ourselves and to say, I'm mm -hmm. a We cannot deliver. It's time for us to leave so we can bring these food details to an end. Otherwise, the continent is going to face yet another decade of military coups, of counter coups, and of more, more violence leading to other development. Before we go, let's take a look at some cool cases on the African continent and their status as of now. So in Africa, if you look at the map that we have right now, we have 10 coups that have happened, successful coups. Those are the, those in the red. And attempted coups at nine. This signifies that just one has been unsuccessful. Um, you know, um, just one. But nine out of 10, nine attempted coups, we have 10 successful coups between 2020 and 2023. In West Africa, we've had six coups. In Central Africa, two. And in North America, two. So we have West Africa, six, attempt, six coups, as in successful coups in West Africa. And in Central Africa, we've had two successful coups. And in North Africa, two successful coups between 2020 and 2023. Now on your screen, we have countries and the dates in which these coups took place. And so in Gabon on August 23, that is what we're re currently talking about. In Niger, which was re recently tw July 23rd, we have Burkina Faso in September 2022, Burkina Faso again in January 2022, in Sudan in October 2021, Guinea 20, September 2021, Tunisia in July 2021, uh, Mali May 2021, Chad April 2021, and Mali again in August 2020. Now, moving on, residents in three communities in the Adansi North District of the Ashanti region have staged a demonstration against a local quarry mining company for allegedly causing damage to their property and exposing them to health risks. Now, clad in red and black, the residents of Patakro, Kwapia, and we also are prevailing on the Environmental Protection Agency and the local assembly to call Akosjumo Quarry Company to order. There's more in the following report. Residents of the three communities affected by the operations of the quarry company 
poured onto the streets to express their anger at the adverse impact of the quarry mine on their livelihoods. Spokesperson Kwame JC alleged the company's operations has led to the destruction of farms, buildings and other household equipment in Kwapia, Patakro and Rioso without receiving compensation. He says the company has also failed to engage the communities on the environmental and health impact of the query on residents. Payment of crop compensation. The query company, Akuzumo, is said to destroy we the people of Papia and its neighborhood communities. Across the land, and as we speak now, the people has not been compensated. No proper arrangement and talks with the community. The same company, Akuzumo, has already started operation for years now. And as we speak, they have not been proper talks with the community as a whole and the tradition leaders as well as district groups. Improper processing procedure, that is blasting of chipping. Due to inappropriate processing method of blasting, it disturbed the people and also destroyed properties. A resident and victim of the query operation, Reverend Charles Atapa, who has worked on a mine for close to 20 years, says the query firm is failing to heed to standard operations. He has called on the Environmental Protection Agency to intervene. Then the problem we are facing now, the assemblyman, the honorable assemblyman, wish to be there so that we can solve our problem. Employed in the company, please the PR. So when you go with your problem, it's so I've been there several times, but up to now, there's no real response. So we are begging the agencies through the media that they should come and then assist us, if not, to be a problem. Other aggrieved residents shared similar concerns. I know some query firm who relocate residents and compensate them afterwards. But this is not the same with this firm. Our properties are getting damaged due to their activities. About four months ago, my electrical appliances have become faulty. Last week, my building almost collapsed after the blast. It even threw my daughter out of the house. Managers of the Akoshomo Query Company are yet to respond to the concerns of the residents. For Joy News, Mona Lisa from Pond reporting. The absence of location-specific forecast in daily weather updates has been a concern to many Ghanaians. But the Ghana Meteorological Agency says this is possible with the availability of about four radar systems, 120 automated weather stations, 350 agro-meteorological stations, and 600 gauges spread across the country. By integrating radar and satellite data, the resultant weather forecasts are poised to be highly dependable, offering valuable insights to facilitate informed decision-making. On Climate Focus, Mohamed Mounurdin highlights the financial shortfalls impeding the operations of GMET. The Ghana Meteorological Agency, GMET, is responsible for monitoring meteorological conditions within the flight information region overseen by the Ghana Civil Aviation Authority. This involves providing regular updates and alerts about impending weather changes. We go to all the airports in Ghana, we have MET stations, um, uh, MET offices there who provide 
information. If you sit an aircraft, the information you get when the pilot is speaking to you is is how the weather is going to be, where the turbulence you are going to experience during the flight and the temperatures and the place you are landing, how the weather is, all that information comes from the Met institutions. So in Ghana, Ghana Meteorological Agency is the institution which is mandated to provide uh, aeronautical meteorological services for aviation. And research shows that um, the information that the air, aircraft needs to navigate, about 60% is meteorological. And so we provide this information through the air controllers to the pilots for their navigation. Enemy of the aircraft is the weather. Despite the crucial provision of these services, there exists an outstanding financial Ghana Civil Aviation Authority and the Ghana Airport Company Limited. Acting Director General of GMET Eric Esumain says this monetary deficit presents a substantial obstacle to adequately financing the agency's ongoing operations. It used to be an MOU that we had between them, but in 2019, uh, through our minister, our act was amended and gave specific. Um, receivables from aviation to Ghana Meteorological Agency, specifically landing, how the flight that lands in Ghana, um, Apple companies of aviation charge them. And whatever money they charge them, the law says that 10% should be given to Ghana Meteorological Agency. Again, all the flight that flight over our flight zone, the flight that doesn't land in Ghana, they cross Ghana. Uh, flight information region. They charge them. And the money they charge them, um, the law says that 10% should be given to Ghana Meteorological Agency. Again, all the tickets that we buy, we pay tax on them. All right, airport tax. And so, airport company collect that tax. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes. Nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. And the law says that all the taxes that they collect, 5% should be given to Ghana Metallica Agency. The challenge is the implementation. These organizations are not paying as the art demands. GMED offers forecast three times a day, as well as weather advisories and warnings whenever significant weather events are detected. So it is um, um, weather forecast for yesterday, right? So this is what was, was predicted yesterday for um, yesterday night and then today. So yesterday night we're expecting more of cloudiness and, and then some slight rain and then drizzle. And then Wednesday also, that is today, we are still expecting mostly cloudy conditions, some misty conditions as well as more of um, slight rain and then drizzle. And then we um, can see that more of the thunderstorm activities are concentrated towards the northern sector. So it is the process that we go through before we come out with a forecast. We have the weekly forecast, and um, which is issued on Monday, and then it's updated on um, Wednesday, and that is the midweek forecast. And the midweek forecast is also updated um, for Friday and um, towards the weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday will be the updates um, over for the midweek forecast. Aside this forecast, also we have what we call the daily forecast that we issue for three times a day. That is um, the 24-hour forecast. We have the morning afternoon and evening forecast. So currently we are working on the afternoon forecast and then the evening forecast here in Kafu. The morning forecast, we have the um, office at um, airports taking care of the morning forecast for the 24-hour period. So the central analysis and
Broadcasting Office serves as the hub for collecting and analyzing weather and climate data which is then disseminated to the public. A majority of researchers are stationed at this office to monitor shift in weather patterns and communicate these changes to the general population. Joe Tete Potofi is the deputy director in charge of synoptic meteorology and forecasting. We have what we call a satellite receiver also that is able to tell us every 15 minutes what is happening in the whole world. So we can scale it down to Ghana. And that one we normally call it is a meteorological satellite for the European community. But since we belong to the World Meteorological Organization, we also have access to it. These are all the focuses there. They will print out these ones, they will arrange it, and they will discuss it. They will, somebody will lead and you will discuss. And out of this, we come out with the forecast. There are a lot of products here. Over the years, some Ghanaians doubt information from this institution. My challenge is people getting the awareness that these services exist and these services can help us. That's what we have not succeeded in getting everybody on board. But those who use our services and really know that our services have been have improved, is good, is helpful, is helping them in their businesses. But a lot more people know those services exist. And so it calls for a lot more work to sensitize the Ghanaian populace to know that these are the weather and climate services being churned out or generated and produced by Ghana Meteorological Agency and this is how it's going to help them. GMET needs about 120 automatic weather stations of synoptic nature to achieve nationwide coverage and deliver forecast tailored to specific locations with the existing 44 manual and automatic synoptic weather stations the agency is unable to offer forecasts that are customized to particular locations according to mr esumain a weather station should be established within every five kilometer radius in an ideal scenario for every five kilometer radius ideally i need a station there so you can imagine the size of ghana and then calculate five kilometer radius and multiply by a number of stations that I need. It's, 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 it's hundreds and thousands. So we need a lot. We don't have that much. There are the agric um, um, stations, the synoptic type of station I spoke about. That one for WMO standard, you, you can have 20 kilometer radius. So one station can cover 20 kilometer radius. And if you don't have them, you can do 40 kilometer radius. The agency also needs about 600 rain gauges and four radar systems to ensure complete national coverage. The rain gauges, I need a lot of them. That one, about 600 would be cool for us because, uh, and that's too, I'm getting some few of them. In fact, there's a, another project I didn't mention, Garrett Project, and Garrett Project is also gotten us two of the the type of automatic weather station, which is yet to be installed already, bought and 18 of the rain, rain gauge um, rainfall stations. And the type of rainfall station they bought for us, which are saving temperature sensors, so it's kind of an enhanced rainfall stations. And radar, we have one, and we need about four to cover the entire country. Garrett project, which is getting us one more. FSRP, there's two radar proposed there, which hasn't gotten the approval yet. And then in JDEP, there's one. Radar, you'll be able to identify a very localized storm or system developing and, and then be able to analyze it and forecast. Sometimes you can see that, you know, you are living in your house, it's not raining. You get to small, just a distance away from your house, it will rain there, it will not rain your house. They call them localized um, 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 systems that are developed. So it can rain in uh, at Medina and it will not rain in Adenta. Or rain in Medina and not rain in East Legon. But there are systems that rain that it will 
pass through the whole country or the whole section of the country. You say that the system is coming from Nigeria, Benin, Togo, and then it's going pass through Ghana to Cote d'Ivoire. Satellites will pick those ones with the system moving and you can track it. But um, radar can, satellite will not pick the one which is developing in a small community, say in uh, uh, Aburi, yeah. to be able to analyze and forecast. And so that's why I'm saying they complement each other with the ground information that we have guarded. If you put all these things together, GMET's forecast will be extremely you know, reliable. People talk about they want location-specific forecasts where the forecast will be points. Um, with the radar and all this equipment in place, it will enhance our effort to get location-specific forecast, if not even point forecast. A very small radius, about nine, nine or five kilometer radius forecast with this equipment you will be able to give. However, to cater to agricultural needs with specialized agromet weather station types, the agency also requires about 350 such stations. Yes, but for the agromet type, we need about 350. We have about 50 in the system. And this project I also looking at, we put some proposal there, which has been approved to get a lot more of them. I think in the FSRP project, we have about 50 requested. And then under GDEP, and GDEP is a Ghana Digital Accelerated Project and the Ministry of Communication uh, also have, I think, about 35 proposed there. And so we believe very soon for the uh, stations, we will have them. By the end of 2023, GMED aims to have about 61 automatic weather stations in addition to the current 22 manual stations towards achieving the goal of establishing 120 weather stations nationwide. There are intention to transition towards employing self-recording automatic weather stations in order to enhance the timeliness and precision of data collection. A report by Mohammed Nuruddin. For about five years now, the Ghana agroecology movement has been advocating for the adoption of natural and environmentally friendly farming methods in the country. However, one major challenge confronting the ordinary Ghanaian farmer is the lack of easy access to seeds, even for some of the indigenous crop stakeholders have therefore been meeting in Bogotanga in the Upper East region to discuss the seed system in the country and how some indigenous seeds can be prevented from going extinct. Correspondent Albert Sori reports. The Ghana agroecology movement includes the Center for Indigenous Knowledge and Organizational Development, SICOD, the Peasant Farmers Association of Ghana and other farmer groups nationwide. The movement has been promoting organic farming and natural farming methods based on applying the interactions between plants, animals, humans, and the environment within agricultural systems. This means chemical fertilizers and other industrial farm inputs are not encouraged. However, one major issue confronting the ordinary Ghanaian farmer is the lack of access to quality seed. The agroecology movement says, even where there is access to certified improved seeds, the systems are controlled by foreign companies and the Ghanaian farmers have to depend on these companies for seed. Wilberforce Lati is Deputy Executive Director of the Center for Indigenous Knowledge and Organizational Development, SICORD. Uh, we've done this work for quite some number of years. And one of the things that, has, that is coming out strongly is the indigenous seeds, or seeds in general. Because we cannot be talking about agroecology when we don't have control of our own seeds. We are talking about seed sovereignty. There's a need for us to be in control of our seed system. But as it stands now, uh, we are depending on others for our seeds. We want to kind of in incentivize the seed system 
you know, so that we can really promote our indigenous seeds. Yeah. SECORD therefore organized a meeting of stakeholders in Bolgatanga to discuss how indigenous Ghanaian seeds can be improved upon and properly stored for farmers to use during cultivation. In attendance were members of the agroecology movement, farmers, district directors of agriculture, and civil society organizations. Some of the farmers shared the challenges they face when it comes to access to seed. Our work starts with the seed. Without seed, you have nothing to do, you can't do anything. And as we are talking, we are not talking for seed per se, but we need seed that, uh, which you can produce and you make, you get good yields, and that will make you rich because if you produce and you don't get the yields, you are not going to do, go anywhere. But when you produce and you are able to get good seeds, uh, good uh, yields, then it is there that uh, you boost as a farmer. You, you'll be able to feed your family and then even friends and you can also make money. At the moment, it's an existing uh, problem because uh, we're beginning to lose our own seeds. And thank God, some of us who are in the agroecological uh, zone, it's more possible for us to still get the seeds because we keep sharing seeds. A lot of them are really seeing that, of course, uh, we they are facing a lot of problems finding other seeds from other. Right. So the practice of agroecology, it's really catching up with the people. So I hope the ministry is more flexible and hoping that they would create a desk for agroecological. Listen, budgets are made in the area of agroecology, which would really be the way forward for us. Bolgatanga, Municipal Director of Agriculture, Lantana Osman, said the government already has in place policies that prioritize the issue of access to seed for farmers, albeit there is room for improvement of these policies. Even the immediate planting for food and jobs, a lot of attention was given to seeds. And you realize that there was more than 50% subsidy on seeds so that farmers can get access to good improved seeds that are short duration varieties with this climate change, short rainfalls, the farmer can easily cultivate and get something from it. So policy, yes, and even in the region, we now currently have a modern seed unit that is supposed to be in charge of seed production. The agroecology concept is zeroing on the use of indigenous knowledge. And for now, with the current happenings, it is good for us to revisit what the farmers were doing before the introduction of these our chemicals, the introduction of hybrid seeds, the introduction of other technologies. At the end of the meeting, the stakeholders decided they would organize a food and seed fair later this year to help promote Ghanaian indigenous seeds. For Joy News, Albert Sorry, Bolgatanga. You're still watching Joy News Desk. We'll break now for business. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido. ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.
Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the job better with Ecobank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving <laughs> welcome to the smart world of ecobank download ecobank mobile from google play store or the app store and discover the smart way to bank ecobank the pan-african bank for crystal clear and thrilling podcasts and live shows download and listen to us on apple spotify tune in google podcast my joy online amazon services like echo amazon music and audible Stitcher, Atom Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated. We've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation. Oh no, we are out of range. Oh, don't worry, Daddy. I have Alexa in my bag. Alex, what? Alexa. Open Multimedia Ghana and play Joy FM. Super Hits Radio, Radio. Joy 99.7. Listen to Joy FM. Hits FM. Love FM. Live on your Amazon Echo. Listen to your favorite multimedia radio stations live on your Amazon Echo device by saying, Alexa, open Multimedia Ghana, play Joy FM or Hits FM or Love FM or catch up on your favorite podcast by saying, Alexa, play and then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. And we are back like we never lost signal. Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. Hello there. To provide timely information and to explain educational reforms and to discuss school models and interventions, the Ministry of Education, in partnership with the Teacher Education Journal, presents to you the first ever education TV talk show, the Edu Talk Show. The Edu Talk Show keeps you informed and updated on trends in the world of education. The Ghanaian teacher is so versatile. Provide him the opportunity, train him, and that teacher will perform wonders. Where are the women? They are doing very well academically, but they are not in the sciences and all of that. So technology is missing a lot more women that they could have had. You need to tell the parents, at the moment, what you are getting is, is covering only an aspect of your child's education. And therefore, it's very difficult for you to make any decision with the limited information you have. We still have more to do mm. when it comes to safe school. Mm. So join us as we speak to our guests on reforms taking place in Ghana's education sector. My name is Blessed Sugan and I am your host. Hi, good morning. Welcome to business. My name is Daryl Kwao. Total Energy's Ghana PLC has begun a distribution exercise of about 3,000 crash helmets to commercial motorcycle riders across the country under the Helmet for Life initiative. The initiative aims to raise awareness amongst riders on the principles of road safety, particularly wearing of helmets. Yes, more. As part of its corporate social responsibility, Total Energy's PLC 
She launched the Helmet for Life initiative. About 100,000 crash helmets will be distributed across three continents, Africa, Asia, and America. The distribution exercise began at Dakoma in Accra, where about 200 motorcycle riders received free helmets. Here's Managing Director of Total Energies Marketing Ghana PLC, Olufemi Babajide. Uh, this is part of our company's uh, corporate social commitment uh, to road safety in Ghana. Uh, it's not just in Ghana. We are actually doing this uh, across 40 countries in the whole world, which is across about three continents, from Africa to Asia and also the Americas. Uh, in Ghana, yes, we'll be giving out about 3,200 um, um, helmets for life. Um, and we are doing this across six locations. So we are starting in Accra. Uh, we move to Aflao. Uh, we move to Kumasi. And we end at Tamale. Director General of the Motor, Traffic and Transport Department, COP Francis Tuku, lauded the initiative and urged all motorcycle riders to adhere to road safety measures. When the information about today's event came up to me, I was overwhelmed because all along we have been looking for opportunities like this so we can get the riders together, educate them, give them the support that they need in order that they will ride safely on our roads. This campaign that has been dubbed Helmet for Life is a very good initiative. I will appeal to other individuals and benevolent organizations with uh, safety as uh, one of their core uh, values to get on board and support in whatever way they think they can do so we can make the rules safe. The University of Ghana Business School says it is poised to provide quality business education to support national development and economic growth. According to Dean of the school, Professor Justice Baule, the school will continue to develop strategic measures to build to bridge the gap between academia and industry. He spoke to Joy Business at a donation by its 1973 year group. The donation of the security surveillance system by the 1973 year group is to support academic work of the school. Professor Baule called for more support from other alumni to reach out to the school to aid in supporting other projects. We are very particularly happy about this because this is coming from an, an old year group, 1973 year group. They've been out of here for 50 years. All of them are pensioners. But they have found it extremely important to support us with this project. And for me, this speaks volumes that even people who are on pension and are struggling with their pension funds are still able to come through to help the university and to help the business school. For me, it tells me that a lot more of our younger um, alumni can do more to support the school, to be able to keep the numerous young people that we now have as a result of the burgeoning uh, youth population in, in our admissions. Some alumni explained their rationale behind the project. Well, the school has uh, done a lot for us. Uh, most of us took our education here, graduated. Uh, and then went into business. Uh, most of us are successful business people. Most of us are professors in universities. And so because of that, we decided to, to give back to the school. Yeah, just as uh, my colleague, my classmate has just said, uh, we revere the school. We do think about this school quite a lot. And uh, when our 50th anniversary came up, despite all the little bits and pieces that have been done already, we decided to do a, a formal presentation. So we've done that today. It's not the end of the road. It's for us now to sit and think about what else is needed. The University of Ghana Business School says it is poised to provide them quality education. We unveil this in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, and that's it for this segment. The news continues after the break.
to be inspired and uplifted when we take you on a captivating journey through the heart of Ghana on the flip side of the Living Standard Series, where we focused on the struggles of everyday people battered by the economic crisis. Now we focus on the stories of hope. We delve into the lives of average Ghanaians and businesses fearlessly taking on the challenges of a tough economy with determination. I believe things will get better, that's why I'm not giving up. Life is a battle. So when life strikes you down, you don't remain there. You rise up, you fight back. From bustling markets to vibrant neighborhoods, witness the unbreakable spirit of the Ghanaian as they try to build a better future for themselves and their families. Get ready to cheer on these incredible people who prove that in the face of adversity, life shines brighter every day. Stories of Hope, a Living Standard Series. Every Tuesday on Joy News. Join FM and across our social media platforms. You're welcome back to Join News Desk, but this is where we wrap up for this edition. In our top stories, you had two persons sustained gunshot wounds during a chieftaincy dispute in Kokodi community in the Ashanti region. You also had climate focus series where the Ghana Meteorological Agency financially challenged in providing accurate location-specific weather forecasting. You also had Gabon recording eight coups in three years with the latest taking place early this year. There's more news on myjoyonline.com. Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.